It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. I saw this story over the weekend, and I'll just preface it by saying I'm glad everyone is okay. But a Wyoming rancher named Frank Reynolds... I think belongs in this particular catalog. Bud Light presents Real American Heroes. Real American Heroes. I loved this ad campaign from Bud Light, and they've changed it to Real Men of Genius, and then I think we talked about it. They did one related to the pandemic. Anyway, Frank Reynolds, 53 years old, was rounding up livestock in Wyoming on a neighbor's pasture when his ATV flipped over and pinned him down, dislocating his shoulder, breaking ribs, and he was stuck. No one was in earshot. He was in a remote area. He honked the horn until the battery died, but no one was around. Eventually, there was a search party organized, and they found him two days later. But he had survived. He wasn't dead. How did he survive? By drinking bottled water from his cooler and also beer. The man survived on beer. It was Keystone Light, apparently, so not quite in alignment with the Bud Light Real American Heroes, but I think this counts. I saw people online quipping, I used Keystone Light to survive college. (laughs) Fact check true? I'm glad he's okay. Very American story. He survived, and now he can kick back and maybe have a slightly more comfortable cold one. Cheers to you, sir. Back after this. Home stretch on the Guy Benson Show, and it was a lot of fun in the sun over the last week as I was on vacation. Thanks to our guest hosts for holding down the fort. Thanks to all of you for listening and A bunch of you sent me notes saying, hey, we're enjoying the week, but looking forward to having you back. And so here we are, back again. Reunited on the radio. Appreciate it. Now, the music, if you were listening on the broadcast, might have suggested that we were in Miami or somewhere tropical. In fact, we were up in Cape Cod, Massachusetts. And the fun in the sun was great, but the sun was only available for a few of the days. So we were up there for six or seven days, and we had, I'd say, three legitimate beach days. And we made the most of them. I mean, we had a fantastic time. We had a new Yeti cooler that I had bought my parents as a gift, gosh, I think for Christmas. And we had the Northwestern logo on it. You could customize it. So we did that. And our beach, our local beach, if you're a resident and you have a certain sticker on your SUV, you can drive onto the beach, at least a portion of it. And it's such a great gig because you take some of the air pressure out of your tires which I guess helps you maneuver on the sand better and you drive onto the beach and you can just back into effectively a parking spot on the sand and then you open up your back tailgate 
and you just unload your umbrellas and beach chairs and coolers and everything, and your car is right there. So getting everything set up and then packed up at the end of the day, it's just a breeze. And it just helps with other things, too. Like if you have to you know, keep something in the shade, it just makes everything much easier. So we had our picnic and sandwiches and Cape Cod potato chips and all that. Then we had drinks, perhaps alcoholic and non-alcoholic. If you know me, you might imagine what was in that cooler. Coke Zero, long drink, a few other things, and just had a blast. The drive-on beach, it's just like such a life hack if you can figure it out. And if you get the right sticker, and I credit my parents with dealing with all those logistics. But on the beach, sitting in my beach chair, Guy P. Benson on Instagram and Twitter, I posted a photo of me on the beach reading Brad Thor's forthcoming book. I got a little sneak preview. The book comes out next week, and in fact, Brad will be here on the show to talk about it. So I don't want to get into too much detail about the book because I'm looking forward to that conversation. But there's a very cool element of this book, which is called Black Ice. And he's written one a year now for years. I want to say this is maybe his 15th novel. They all do very well. He's got a huge following. So Brad, who's a friend, he texted me a couple months ago and he said, hey, this new book's coming together. There's going to be a minor character who's going to be helping uncover some espionage and I'd like to name him after you guys. Would you be okay with that? I mean, obviously the answer is yes. So the character's name is Adam Benson. So my husband's first name, my last name. And so, sure enough, chapter 66 of Black Ice, which comes out next week, settings in Washington, D.C. at the Hay Adams Hotel. Very famous bar at the Hay Adams. In fact, it's called Off the Record. We were there a few weeks ago with Chris Christie having a drink. And he was regaling us with tales over a cocktail or two. So I'm just going to read, just briefly, indulge me, if you will. From Chapter 66, there's someone meeting this character. He says, Mr. Adam Benson, said Baldwin, as he greeted the U.S. Special Representative for the Arctic and guided him to the table he had reserved. Thank you for meeting me. My pleasure, said Benson, a distinguished-looking man with a chiseled jaw and a runner's build. And obviously that has nailed the description here. Thank you, Brad. Chiseled jaw? Runner's build? No, 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 but I appreciate it. Thank you anyway. So Adam Benson is the U.S. Special Envoy for the Arctic, which is pretty cool. What should I call you, asked Baldwin. Benson smiled. You can call me Adam. Then there's this detail on the next page. Perfect. What would you like to drink, Adam? A gold rush. I'm not familiar with it. What's in that? Because Brad actually asked me. He said, if your character were to order a cocktail at a bar, what would it be? And I said, well, a gold rush. He's like, what's a gold rush? So I told him, and now it's literally in the book, quote, bourbon over one huge rock of ice with honey syrup and lemon juice. Sounds delicious, said Baldwin. And I have to say, it is delicious. 
So a tip of the cap to Brad Thor and his new book coming out, Black Ice, with Adam Benson. And I'm not going to tell you the significance of Adam Benson's role. And there's some doubt, even within this chapter, whether he's a good guy or a bad guy. And honestly, it'd be kind of cool either way. I like to think of myself as on the side of the angels and a patriot. Of course, I am. But when you're going to fictionalize a character, if you're going to make me something more sinister, that's also kind of cool because it's fiction. So you can go read Black Ice and find out what happens with Adam Benson. But he does order the Gold Rush, which is our favorite cocktail. It's a little bit more of sort of a fall and winter cocktail. Summer, it's your sort of like light and breezy and maybe gin-based cocktails, long drink, for example. In the winter, you might want to fortify with something a little bit heavier, and a bourbon-based cocktail will get that done. But just such a cool little detail. So I took photos of the pages. I posted it along with that picture of myself. It's up on Instagram, at Guy P. Benson. And as I mentioned, Brad Thor is booked here next week to talk about Black Ice, which, as usual, really taps into major geopolitical themes, like in the real world, and wraps them into a really page-turning thriller. So I read that whole book on the vacation. I started another one by Harlan Corbin, who's from my hometown in New Jersey, we also had other opportunities that were fun. I mean, it's, it's definitely quite a hike. It's a long drive, nine-plus hours each direction, but we were up there for a good chunk of time. We had a fabulous experience. Great to see everyone. See a little Cape Cod League baseball, of course. We also had a fantastic evening with Martha McCallum, our Fox News colleague. She and her family have an absolutely stunningly beautiful home up there. And they had just recently completed it, actually. She said, come on over. So we had dinner there and a few drinks, and uh, we just had such a great time. In fact, we were up, because she's got kids who are even a little bit younger than I am, and we were all up chatting and having drinks, and all of a sudden it was well after midnight. I was like, I, you know, I don't want to keep Martha up. She's a very kind and generous hostess, and just you can imagine she's so elegant on the air, and she's just the exact same way in real life. And the house just oozes Martha McCallum, which is a very high compliment in terms of the design and the decor and everything. But I said, you know, we got to go. It's getting late here. So we went to order an Uber, and there were no Ubers available at all. It's not like, oh, you know, wait 30 minutes. Just not available. So then we tried Lyft, one of the other ride-sharing apps. Nothing. So Martha insisted, they have a guest room. She said, I insist, you have to stay here, spend the night. We're like, oh, you've been so generous already and so hospitable. We, we don't want to burden you. She said, oh, nonsense, and set us up, and it was a great night's sleep. Woke up the next day. I sent her some flowers, like, thank you for the surprise sleepover, something you don't really do very often as an adult, but it was just a great time. And when the weather was cooperative, we were out there in the sun, and when it wasn't, we ate a lot of seafood. Lobster rolls and oysters and all the things. So it was a fun week to just sort of replenish, rejuvenate. There was quite a bit of hashtag treat yourself going on, I have to admit. And I tried to make it to the gym or at least go for a run each day just to kind of 
cut into the damage just a little bit. I got back this weekend and immediately did a very long bruising Peloton ride, just sort of as penance. But it was a great vacation, great to see so many friends and family up there, but it's also great to be back. It's just the way my brain works. I'm, it's never fully off, sort of checking Twitter, keeping tabs on things. And over the course of a week, you start to develop a lot of stuff that you want to weigh in on. So I found myself chomping at the bit to be back here behind this microphone with all of you. And we'll be here all week, of course. In fact, I head up after tomorrow. I'll be in New York doing Gutfeld, his show, on Wednesday, filling in for Kennedy a couple times in the coming days. So busy, busy times ahead work-wise including this show, of course, with all of you every day. Always appreciate you listening. Back here tomorrow, it's The Guy Benson Show. Have a great night. Homestretch on The Guy Benson Show. So I saw this on Twitter, and I immediately thought of our ridiculous homestretch segments, particularly involving Max our technical producer, and it's a perfect day to bring this up with him because, well, the home stretches are a little different this week because producer Christine, i.e. Cookie, is on vacation. She's on vacation this whole week and, in fact, bleeding into next week because she's turning the big 4-0, which is pretty exciting. She might make an occasional phone appearance on the home stretch in the coming days, because I hear it's a little rainy up where she's on vacation, which is not ideal. But, I mean, she calls us her best friends. So you think that she'd want to check in and shoot the breeze with us, even if it's just 10 or 15 minutes on her vacation a couple times. I mean, she volunteered this. Right? I'm not offering her up. I'm not saying, hey, let's call Christine and interrupt her vacation. Before she left, she's like, hey, I want to do this. So, I mean, by all means. Who are we to say no? I mean, that is just some hashtag content at our fingertips, but not today. Today, we're going to keep it just the boys, the gentlemen, myself, Max, Wyatt. So I saw this uh, a tweet, and there was a series of photographs, four photographs, and these happen from time to time. They go viral on social. People talk about them and argue. We've done similar things here. But this one's very simple and straightforward. There are four food products, let's call them, four foods, one of which you would have to eliminate for the rest of your life. So you get to keep three. The other one is gone, completely banished from your diet. You make the call. So the four foods are as follows. Bacon, Tacos, donuts, sushi. Okay. Now, some people interpret this as saying, like, well, one of these things has to be eliminated from the planet. No, we're not eradicating bacon or something from the planet. This is a choice that each person would make saying, okay, for whatever reason, you have to cut out one of these things forever. Bacon, tacos, donuts, sushi. So for me, someone sent it to me, and I said, well, this is easy. It's not even close. It's donuts. You get rid of donuts. I'm not a donuts guy, which probably doesn't surprise you because I also hate waffles and French toast and pancakes and that kind of stuff. It's like sugary bread products. I like certain cakes, I guess, certain pies. 
chocolate chip cookies, but overall baked goods, it's just not up there. I could never eat another donut in my entire life and be happy. So donuts, you just cross that out with a red pen. In my book, easy. Bacon, I like bacon. I want bacon. Tacos, delicious, especially like a really good fresh fish taco. Oh, yeah. Or maybe some carne asada. Mmm. And then sushi, really good fresh sushi might be my favorite meal, period. I've said that before. So there's no way I'm getting rid of sushi. Sushi is last on this depth chart. Like, sushi is protected. Donuts, gone. Now, Quiet Wyatt works part-time, especially in the high season, at an apple orchard where, if I'm not mistaken, Wyatt, your, your job is to make donuts. So do you love donuts, or do you sort of be happy to never eat another one even if you're making them? A guy, of course I love donuts. They're like the, one of the best desserts. So you're telling me that you would not eliminate donuts out of these four? Yeah, when I saw these four, I said immediately it would be sushi. And it's maybe because I've never had it before, and I know what, I know what you were going to say. I know you're going to say I should try it before I make them, but... To me, raw fish is just disgusting. The idea, the concept, it is no. just, ugh. I, I it's can't so even... good. And there are, there are also cooked varieties. There are certain rolls with only cooked seafood or other options. Like It doesn't have to be like pure raw fish. I still think you should try it. It is my absolute favorite. But I'm not surprised that you're answering sushi. Like I, I anticipated very easily that you would say sushi, that I would say donuts. I don't know what Christine would do, but I am most curious to know Max's answer to this one. I would have to agree with you, Guy. Donuts. Put a yes. big red X through that. Yes. Although, yes. Uh, like, like, I do enjoy bacon. I have more to say on that. Tacos, fantastic. Sushi, I just had a great sushi experience for the first mm. time. I've gained even more of an appreciation for sushi. Fabulous. Just like last week, because usually I get the lunch special, maybe on like a weekend or something, you know, just basic rolls, three of them, a lot of food for a little price. But this past week, I just had like this whole sushi experience where it was like chef's pick and I tried a lot of different sashimis that I never had before, and it was just fantastic. The whole experience, oh, oh. the smells, the taste, the textures, yes. everything yes. was fantastic. So I really have a, a new appreciation for sushi. But with donuts, I don't know. They don't really do it for me. Again, with like the cakes, like you said, I could do without it. But it's you like also- not not worth the calories either for me. Like it's just I'm never I never wake up just craving donuts. People can Same. bring like, hey, here's a here here's a brand new box of fresh donuts that I've brought in with a pot of coffee and everyone goes rushing over to get their donuts. I'm like, eh, that's not, not interested. Well, if they're free donuts, then I appreciate them a little more. I always like the chocolate covered <laughs> frosting donuts with the sprinkles on top. But right. what kind of desserts do you like? Like post uh, sushi meal or tacos? Do you like uh, something sweet after I like meal? ice cream. Ice cream. Ice cream. That's fair. I'm an ice cream guy. There are certain things like a key lime pie. I, I always like key, key lime, lime pie. pie. Like there are certain things that I like for sure. I, I don't have zero sweet tooth. I have a handful of peanut refrigerated peanut M&Ms. Next thing, by the way, if peanut M&Ms announces that they're changing their formula along with Coke Zero, we mentioned this earlier, I will lose my mind because I sort of put them 
in a similar category of something that I indulge in even just a little bit every day, but I don't think so. I think M&M's is going to leave well enough alone, whereas Coke apparently can't keep their grubby little fingers off of Coke Zero and that formula. But hang on, I want to throw a curveball here, and it's a curveball via my friend Emily, because she saw me tweet. I tweeted about this. I'm like, oh, donuts, easy. So she replies. She says, okay, what if instead of donuts, it was cheese, all cheese? So instead of donuts on there, it's now cheese, bacon, tacos, sushi. What do you get rid of under those circumstances? And that became much harder for me. My answer, and I had to sort of agonize over this, and I'm, I'm, I'm waffling, I'm equivocating. My answer was bacon, but I'm sort of wondering if it should be tacos. Because sushi stays, I think cheese has to stay. I love cheese. So then process of elimination down to bacon and tacos, ugh, that's tough. I don't often crave bacon. Sometimes I crave tacos, but bacon enhances so many things. Ooh, and if someone makes a fresh frying pan worth of bacon, they put it on, you know, in sort of the grease, they put it on, you know, a paper towel, and it's still sizzling a little bit, and they walk it through the kitchen and you smell it, and they offer you just, you know, one piece of that bacon, you want to get it, oh, you know, Donuts, leave them. It, you know, like, fine. Everyone else can have their donut. I am reaching for that bacon. Maybe I'm talking myself into getting rid of tacos here. What's your answer, Max? I have to agree with you on the bacon. Uh, I'm kind of like a purist myself. So the big plate of bacon in the morning, like with the eggs, I love that. And the smell that wakes you up in the morning, that's just fantastic. That's pretty much the only way you should have bacon. People put bacon on way too many things. I personally think bacon itself is overrated. People put it like in their mac and cheese. People do the bacon wrapped scallops. People put it on this. People put it on that. It's just too much. And I think some hate mail. You're going to get some hate mail. I'll take it. I'll plant my feet on this one. Although some of some of the bacon. Here's where I will partially agree with you. Some of the bacon supremacists out there. (laughs) And I know some of them. And I love these people. But. I have to remind them sometimes that loving bacon is not a personality trait. And it seems that way. Yeah, it is a little much sometimes. I'm like, it seems like you're talking a little too much about how much you love bacon. It's almost like I'm starting to doubt it for some reason. I agree. And it's I, like it's like you're in the pocket of big pork. <laughs> like the the lobby the lobby has gotten to you somehow. But and by the way, if you're wondering why I haven't brought Quiet Wyatt back into the conversation, it's because his answer is still the same. You replace donuts with cheese, he's still saying sushi. So we know that answer. But you're saying bacon. I'm talking myself maybe over into tacos. Last word, Max. Just with bacon, if you put bacon on something else the bacon flavor overpowers everything. So it's like you really need to love bacon if you want foods that have bacon incorporated into it. Okay, well, you can send all your hate Max's way. Don't don't take this out on me, everyone. This is Max speaking for himself, and the views expressed by Max do not reflect those of the Guy Benson Show broadly. Although, you know what? If you don't want to heap abuse on Max, just send it over to Christine. You know, just make her weak. She's on vacation. Just let her know how you feel about bacon, and she'll be very confused, and she might have to call in and and weigh in on this tomorrow from vacation. We'll be back here, although I'll be broadcasting from New York tomorrow. I'll be on Gutfeld, the panel, tomorrow night. So we'll talk to you from the Big Apple on tomorrow's edition of The Guy Benson Show. In the meantime, have a great night.
home stretch on the Guy Benson Show. Glad to be in the Big Apple. In fact, last night I got in relatively late, got to the hotel, checked in, and I have a meeting later tonight, a business dinner. Just some people want to talk. It's sort of a political project. And they had said, oh, can you meet us at this time at this restaurant? And it worked with my schedule, so I said, great. So that's later tonight, Wednesday. Last night, I looked at my calendar. I said, oh, yeah, I've got this dinner. I hadn't forgotten about it, but I hadn't really looked into it very much. And I just decided that I was going to check out the restaurant. And part of the background here is taking the train up from D.C. yesterday, I had dinner, if you can call it that, of a salad. I decided to be good. I got a salad with like a healthier dressing. And I mean, it got the job done. It wasn't terribly filling though. And it was kind of bland. So I was still a little bit hungry and I hadn't had a satisfying meal in a little while. So I'm in bed and it's late. I finished all my work. I'm finally winding down for the night and I Google this restaurant and it's a steakhouse here in Midtown. And the reviews were amazing. Like the Yelp stuff was fantastic. Then I made the mistake of going to the website and reading the menu and they have photos of these dishes and I'm clicking on every link. I'm looking at the appetizers and then the main courses, and then the dessert menu. There's a cocktail menu. There's a wine list. I'm looking at all of it. And it's probably midnight at this point. And at some point I realized, I'm trying to remember when it was exactly, but they had a lot of interesting, slightly different, not just typical steakhouse fare, but plays on things that I hadn't heard of before, but sounded just absolutely delicious. There were so many things I wanted to order. I found my mouth literally watering, right? You talk about mouth-watering food. My mouth was watering intensely in bed. And I looked around, even for a snack. Is there any snack I can have here? Nothing. Because of COVID, they still don't have the mini bars back up and running. So I was able to really satisfy myself with a big gulp of bottled water. And then I went to bed. But here's an item on the menu. Before we get to our other food-related topic that I want to see what your reaction is, Max. And it's so interesting that I feel like I might need to get it, even though I'm a little skeptical. This is one of the appetizers tonight. Slab bacon, peanut butter, and jalapeno. What? That is pretty bizarre. I never heard of the jalapeno with bacon and peanut butter. I have heard about peanut butter and bacon. I've actually had that at this one place in Queens. Is it good? It works. Like, it's not something I would order, but I don't know. I guess the fat content yeah. counteracts but each other. I don't know like how the, it works. Then but you have the spice. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm interested about because I do love jalapenos. I love all three ingredients. I might, together, uh, I might need to get this. But the problem is then there's this other stuff that sounds fantastic. For example, black truffle lobster toast. You like truffle? Yeah. I despise truffle. What? Yeah. Even when the servers come around with food and there's truffle on it, I like kind of want to gag. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry that you're so wrong about this. <laughs> they have another side dish, cr- corn creme brulee. It's not a dessert. So it's kind of like creamed corn, but yeah. but prepared that way. That sounds fantastic. Broccoli and cheese bites. 
There's just a lot of things here that I want, but then I look at the healthy options. Don't like look at that. Sautéed spinach, green beans. That's probably what I should do, though. Like, I know that's what I should do, especially if I get slab bacon, peanut butter, and jalapeno to start. My body's going to be like, hey, we can stop now. I'm like, oh, no. There's a steak coming. There's dessert coming. But I'm going to have some fresh spinach. And what is that spinach sautéed in? That I don't know. Butter and olive oil? I'm sure. <laughs> and garlic, if I had to guess. And I'm sure mm. it's delicious. But it's healthy because it's green. That's how things work. Okay. So let's talk about this since we're sort of on this subject broadly of interesting food options or offerings. The New York Post, they seem to have this beat covered pretty well. I feel like whenever we hear about this stuff, it's from the New York Post. There was a review, if I recall correctly, of everything bagel ice cream. We talked about that here. Well, here's another one that the New York Post has brought to our attention. Kraft macaroni and cheese flavored ice cream. And so they've got this pint, Van Leeuwen, I think is the brand, and they've paired up apparently with Kraft to make ice cream flavored like that famous boxed mac and cheese, basically usually for children. I guess some adults probably eat it too. The ice cream itself looks good because it's got that, it's got the color almost of pumpkin ice cream, which I really like. Pumpkin ice cream is a seasonal flavor that's fantastic. My problem is I like mac and cheese. I like ice cream. I don't think I want them joined together into one single food product. And also, at the risk of offending some people, I don't really like Kraft mac and cheese. I don't hate it. It's fine. It's sort of a throwback to being a kid. But I like like Velveeta and Shells, for example, every day of the week over Kraft. I like that smoothness. I like a different taste of cheese. So if it were another type of mac and cheese flavored ice cream, I might be a little bit more intrigued, but still skeptical. But the fact that it's this particular taste, which I can I can actually imagine it right now. I can taste I can taste it, even though I haven't actually tried it in years. Having that but just cold and scooped. I'm not really that interested. Agree or disagree? Uh, I agree with you, Guy. Also, a little fun fact about Velveeta. My hometown is the birthplace of Velveeta, Monroe, New York. And we used to have this cheese festival every year. But apparently, I don't know why they stopped it, but now they don't do it anymore. Was it heart disease? <laughs> Probably. Was that the reason? <laughs> no, but a lot of good <laughs> memories at that cheese fest. But that's besides the point. People clutching their chests. <laughs> well, that's one claim to fame. Yeah. The yeah. birthplace of Velveeta. Mm-hmm. So you're a no on this. No. And it was funny because when Wyatt originally brought this up or it was in the group chat text, I didn't look at the picture, so I was like, oh, what is this? Just, what are they, sprinkling Kraft uh, powder on ice oh. cream? And then I look at it, and it says they're partnering with Kraft. Yeah. And this pretty much seems like yeah, exactly what it is. Probably just took the powder and mixed it into some vanilla ice cream. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah, no. Have you ever had non-reheated up macaroni and cheese the next day? Oh, yeah, gross. That's so disgusting. Why would I want even colder macaroni and cheese on ice cream? Now, the only thing that I will say in its potential defense— and I said this during the Everything Bagel version of this as well. A friend of ours who went to Penn State, and they have a famous ice cream place, the Creamery at Penn State, he brought for us once a quart, I want to say, maybe even a gallon 
of their popcorn flavored ice cream, like movie popcorn flavored ice cream. And we've talked about this. And I thought that sounded disgusting. I don't really like movie popcorn. Again, I don't hate it, but I didn't want it in my ice cream. And then I tried it and there was some white chocolate in there too. And it was one of the best ice creams I've ever had. And I ate way too much of it extremely fast. And it's good that it's not right down the the street for me because I would gain 100 pounds just on that ice cream. So I just want to be self-aware that sometimes a weird ice cream flavor will be presented to me and I will say, that sounds gross. I'm not going to like it. And then you try it. You're like, never mind. I was completely wrong. But at least like movie theater popcorn plus white chocolate is on the spectrum of sweet, like a little bit of salt, but a little bit of sweetness as well and buttery. That's fine. That that at least kind of exists in the butter pecan family, if you will. Kraft Mac and cheese ice cream, I don't think so. It's a no-go. It's almost as if they're on a chopped episode and they have to come up with all these different ingredients. <laughs> it's in the box. Yeah, it's they in the box. They open the basket. They're like, what am I going to do with this? And the judge is like, oh my God, they're putting the powder on the ice cream. They'll be like, well, we love your creativity. This was a brilliant move, but we just didn't love the taste. You've been chopped. That's sort of what I'm imagining here would be my reaction if we were the panel on Chopped. Oh, and we'd be chopping cookie every day. Christine is chopped. We asked her to come on the home stretch here today. Too busy. She asked to come on the show during her vacation. Then we tried to book her, and she's like the hardest get. Her people said no. I think she has Megan answering her calls. My client is busy. My client is inebriated, allegedly. That's just hypothetical. I'm speculating, but am I wrong? Am I wrong? Wyatt, thumbs up or thumbs down on this ice cream? Uh, definitely a thumbs down. Okay, so three for three. And if Cookie were here, she'd say, oh, I, I already have a pint in my freezer at home. She might, or she would drive around trying to find it. Remember, she really tried to find the everything bagel ice cream. Nothing ever came of that. You know, there's a lot of loose threads out of these home stretch segments. I think we need to have like an enforcement officer on the show who makes sure that there's follow-up on things, for example, like Christine paying off a bet and eating French onion soup, which she's owed for more than a year at this point. I'm glad I remembered this. You know what? If nothing else, Kraft Mac and Cheese Ice Cream has reminded me that producer Christine owes us French onion soup. Mm, okay. It gets one point in my book for that reason alone. We will try to track down producer Christine maybe for tomorrow if she deigns to join us. Maybe Friday, heading into her big 4-0 weekend. We'll see. But I'll see you tonight on Gutfeld, 11 p.m. Eastern Fox News Channel on the panel. That should be wild, as always. Back here tomorrow on the radio, it's The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch here on The Guy Benson Show, wrapping up radio for the day, getting ready for TV. Just over two hours from now, Fox Business Network, I'll be filling in for Kennedy. So yesterday here in the home stretch, we talked about food. And I want to do a follow-up on both food items. Number one, as soon as I got off the air here, I got a few notes from people. Our topic about the mac and cheese flavored ice cream, the Kraft mac and cheese ice cream, 
Apparently, the producers at the five got a peek at our rundown, and they stole this topic from us. I don't even know if that's true. Probably not. But I like to think that they stole it from us. But because it's TV, they had the benefit, plus their whole huge staff, of the visuals. They were able to obtain this product, this so-called ice cream. And they had everyone around the table try it live on air. And they were split two to two, whether they liked it or not. They went finally to Judge Janine, who was on the panel last night, and she handed down her ruling. She said that she liked it. So you had a majority of the five liking this Kraft macaroni and cheese ice cream. Now, a source close to Judge Janine, and I'll just remind you, I was on the panel for Gutfeld last night with Judge Janine. I can't name my source, but a source close to Judge Janine may have admitted in the green room that, in fact, she did not like this ice cream. Allegedly. I don't know. Gutfeld was a definite hard no. He yelled after the show, actually, how disgusting it was in his mind. But others liked it to each their own. So that's item number one. And I will circle back to the Gutfeld experience in just a moment. Item number two, I posted on my Instagram story, at Guy P. Benson. Feel free to follow me, Guy P. Benson on Twitter and Instagram. But I put this on Instagram, a photograph that I took last night at dinner at this steakhouse called Quality Meats, Midtown Manhattan. Some friends of friends invited me just to talk about a project they're working on. And as I said yesterday, I looked at the menu late at night, the night before, and was so excited for this meal. My mouth was watering. It did not disappoint. It was a really good meal. It was not a healthy meal. Like I got a salad. It was a tomato salad. There were tomatoes in the salad. Also, lots of bacon and cheese and fried onion rings. Those were other things on the plate. That was my salad. But what I was most intrigued by, and we talked about this yesterday, was an appetizer, thick-cut slab bacon, peanut butter, and jalapeno. I said, that is such a strange combination. I'm not sure I'm into it, but I've never heard it before, so I'm intrigued. So I asked the waiter, I said, look, be honest. I'm intrigued by this, but I'm skeptical. And before I could even finish my question, he goes, it is a must order. And I said, really? He said, I'm just telling you. I said, okay, we'll have one for the table. So we got this appetizer. It shows up. It's not exactly what I was expecting. If you want to see what it looked like, I have that photo on my Instagram, Guy P. Benson on the story. You can just touch my photo on top, like the little red circle, and it'll pop up. You can vote whether you think it looks appealing or not. But there's like a homemade peanut butter as a base. And you can tell this is not Jif or Skippy. This was homemade. Little crunch in there. That was the base. Then you had these large pieces of bacon, probably five or six of them, pretty thick, not full-blown pork belly, but thick bacon. I'm sure it was cooked in some sort of absolutely delicious, unhealthy way. And then across the top of it was this relish of diced apples and jalapenos. So I was not expecting it to look the way that it looked. But there it was. So they had me go first. 
right? So I take one of the pieces of bacon. I make sure that I have a healthy dollop. By healthy, I mean large. <laughs> uh, healthy dollop of peanut butter. And I got the relish on there. Saw the thing in half, making sure that I've got a little bit of each component on this bite. Take the bite. And I just chewed and chewed and considered and swallowed and waited. And my brain was thinking so many thoughts. There was almost like a, a series, like a wave of tastes. And I was trying to figure out, do I like this or not? The last sensation, the heat came at the end, right? So it was like kind of sweet and smoky and savory, and then a punch of heat at the very end. And I put down my fork and I said, I love it. It was really good. It worked. He was right. I told him, I hope you are not leading us astray with this very strong, unequivocal. He said, no one has ever expressed disappointment. And he walked away. We were like, really? No one ever? So we were ready to be the first. Nope. Now, we did not eat all of it. We left a slab of bacon on the plate just because it was so rich. But we each had at least one piece of bacon and plus a little bit more. Really good, amazing combination of flavors. I would have never thought of anything like that. I don't even really like peanut butter very much. Yes. I was talking about how much I like Ted Lasso earlier in the hour. I gave it my endorsement. I now endorse this bacon, peanut butter, jalapeno concoction. But it's not for the faint of heart, probably not great for a weak heart, and it's a lot. I would not recommend one person trying to eat this because three of us didn't quite complete it. But it was absolutely delicious and unique, which is what I liked. Okay, so that was after we taped Gutfeld. It's no secret that Gutfeld tapes at a certain time in the evening and so I had arranged it that we made the dinner reservation for after the taping. So it was sort of a later dinner. Of course, the show airs at 11 p.m. Eastern on Fox News. So rewind the tape a few hours earlier. I had finished up with radio, and I had a quick turnaround. And so I was back at the hotel, and you were if you were watching on the live stream yesterday for the radio show, I had sort of a little bit of a beard going, like a pretty significant, not thick, but you could notice it. Beard going, and I decided we're getting rid of the beard for TV. It's time to go. And I had all the little shaving implements that I needed. And my main razor, these are they were both electric razors. I have the shower going. I'm on a pretty tight timeline. And I'm shaving. I'm in the mid-shaving process, and this electric razor goes out of batteries. My face looks ridiculous. My face has a patch of hair on one sort of cheek. And then if you can imagine a goatee, but really just the bottom part of it, that's what I look like. And I stared at myself in the mirror for a panicked moment. I was like, is there any way hair and makeup could help this? No, there was no way. So I... Thank God I did have the charger with me, but it doesn't necessarily charge that fast. So I decided I'm going to put it 
in the charger and plug it in instantly and just pray that I can shower and do everything else that I need to to get some charge back on this thing. I thought it was charged. Clearly it was not. And also you can't use it while plugged in. That's the other detail. I don't know why. It's something the way it's designed. You cannot shave with the plug-in. It only shaves on battery. I don't understand this. And it's never been an issue until, and I'm going to be on in front of millions of people, with no margin for error in terms of getting over there on time. So I'm done with my shower. I'm doing everything. I'm getting as dressed as I can, knowing that I still need to shave, unplug the thing, just like set a quick prayer, hit the button, and it turned on. All right, so the, the blades are going. I'm like, okay, I have no idea how much time I have. So I frantically shaved my face. I must have looked absurd. Not as absurd as I would have looked if I didn't shave my face, but I would have had to, I don't know, go buy a razor and some, but there was almost no time. Like I had to go get in makeup and then they have a live studio audience in the room. Like the show will go on. But I was able to get the last few shreds of facial hair mostly removed, plug it back in, and then race off. I made it. It looked fine. But there was probably like 15 minutes in there where it was touch and go, and I was genuinely concerned that my ridiculous patches of hair on my face were going to be something that I was going to have to be in public with. And then sheepishly go to a producer or someone and say, I had an emergency. I don't know what to do. Please help me. And I was not eager to do any of that. And knowing if Gutfeld had gotten any wind of this, it'd been like, you are going on with this. Do not shave. We're going to make fun of you for a full hour. And I did not want any part of that knowing Greg, that mischievous little man. But crisis averted. I was able to get just enough of a charge on it. And then you better believe I charged it overnight. So when I shave later, getting ready for Kennedy, coming up here in a little bit, I will have a nice, long, thorough, luxurious shave with a fully charged razor. Although, again, when you're going from a beard to nothing, that takes extra effort. Like, it wasn't just a little bit of shadow a few places. It was just splotchy grossness. But the home viewer would have no idea about this private struggle. I'm not saying that I'm a hero or MacGyver, but we got the job done. Thank goodness. Oh, man. It was stressful. It was very stressful. We're out of time. TV Tonight with Kennedy. Hope you'll join us 8 p.m. Eastern Time Fox Business. Right back here from New York tomorrow on the radio. Same time, same place. Guy Benson Show. Charge your electronics, folks. Home stretch on this Friday, coming to you from New York City. Last night on Fox Business Network, 8 p.m. Eastern, I was filling in for the great Kennedy, our dear friend. Whenever my name comes up and I'm not there, she yells, I married him, which is very confusing for a lot of people. In one sense of that word, it is true. But she and I are not married to each other. Right? She officiated. Anyway, she entrusts me with her show when she's gone. 
from time to time. I always appreciate the opportunity, and it's a great challenge. There's a segment that they do, and it's really her baby, but she's got a writer who helps with it, and it's hilarious. It's called Topical Storm, where they take ridiculous stories from around the country, and they throw in a bunch of jokes and puns and all this stuff, and it is tailor-made for Kennedy. And the way that she delivers things and the wit and the sort of just eccentric way that she does her show. And they have decided that when I'm guest hosting, they're not getting rid of the segment. I'm going to do it, which I love. It's hard, though. It's a lot of prompter reading. You have to be funny. I go a little bit drier. I sort of do like a full normal news read. I don't go outrageous comedy in terms of like my inflection and stuff. And I think that works for me. I'm not going to try to imitate her because there's no point. She's one of a kind. But I enjoy it. And I go through and I read the scripts ahead of time. And sometimes I'll tweak a joke here or there. And last night, it's four topics. And it's always a highlight for me when I get a chance to do this. If you've never seen it, you really should watch her show. It's very good. It's unlike anything else on cable news. 8 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Thursday, Fox Business Network. So if you want to see it with yours truly, subbing again, I'll be here on Monday for that. But in our second topic of the four, there was a strange story out of California involving a woman who found herself in a tight spot. I'll explain. Here's the clip from last night and wait to the very end for a joke that I actually wrote myself because I felt like it was probably, and stick around to the very end, because that was the ultimate joke that I was most excited about. Listen. In California, a naked woman was rescued by firefighters after she got stuck between two buildings. And here I thought being between houses was just a PC term for homelessness in the state. Rescue workers were called to the scene of an auto body shop in Orange County after employees heard a woman screaming for help but couldn't pinpoint her location. Firefighters got on the scene, went up to the roof, and looked down to find the woman wedged in a one-foot gap between two walls, or as it's known here in New York City, a spacious studio apartment. The woman couldn't crawl out, the firefighters couldn't get in, so they had to perform a technical rescue which involved cutting through the building, which is fitting because if you have the right tools, this is also the fastest way to get through California traffic. After two hours, the woman was rescued and taken to a hospital for evaluation. Officials say they have no idea why the woman was naked or how she got between these buildings. But whatever caused this, I'm just glad Kennedy's okay. So I have to admit, I wrote that last joke. The, all the other jokes were from the writer. He had a different punchline at the very end. And I just decided because Kennedy spends a lot of her free time in California. She's got a house out there. I said, you know, I think it's hilarious to imagine this being Kennedy. Help! So we just wrote her into the joke. And not just that, I had Quiet Wyatt clip it and we posted it on social media. And I did not run it by her first. I think we know each other well enough that she wouldn't actually be offended. But you never quite know. Right? So we put it out there into the world and then she retweeted and, and she loved it. She was laughing. She said, I'm fine. I made it. And so it was all good fun. Now, I will say this. Quiet Wyatt, in our meeting today, because we were talking about maybe playing this audio, 
and sort of making this joke at Kennedy's expense, all in good fun. Wyatt, and I'm very proud of him for this, actually. I'm very proud because Max is off today. Producer Christine is still on vacation. She's going to still be on vacation next week, too, on Monday. Then she finally is going to show up for work, apparently, allegedly. But Quiet Wyatt said to me, you know, I'm surprised this wasn't producer Christine, who was the woman stuck between the buildings naked, screaming for help. Because she is allegedly on vacation in New Hampshire, and this story is from California, but we don't know that she's in New Hampshire. I have no proof of that. Airplanes can get places quickly. She's been strangely evasive this week, too. Who's to say that she didn't go to California, get into some nonsense, consume an entire vat of mama's juice, and somehow ended up in this predicament? So I'm just saying it's possible. It hadn't even occurred to me, but quiet Wyatt raised this possibility, and I think he makes an excellent point. This may have been, there's no proof that this was not producer Christine. Now, when I said that she was evasive, this is what I mean by that. Before she went on vacation, she was talking a big game because I was on vacation the previous week after July 4th, so we were going to not be on the air together for two weeks straight. And she said, oh, well, I'll be up at the lake in New Hampshire. Okay, sure. Well, let's let's play along and say that she's in New Hampshire. Just bear with me. She said, but during that week of vacation, like, I can call in. Like, if you guys want me, we can do a few home stretches. Wyatt, like, back me up here. She brought this up, right? I did not ask her. None of us asked her to take time out of her vacation. She volunteered multiple times that she wanted to come on during home stretches, correct? I, I would say that's correct, but I'm going to plead the fifth. Well, you, you just didn't. You said that it was correct, and then you pled the fifth. That's not how it works. I am correct. I am not lying. I'm not making this up, and Max will back me up as well. So Christine's like, oh, yeah, no, well, I, I can do it. That's It's not a big deal. I can join for a couple home stretches. I believe every day this week, Quiet Wyatt, who is filling in for producer Christine, Christine who knows the struggles and travails of trying to book guests, and in fact, sometimes when certain guests are difficult to book or elusive, she will express her frustration over that situation. She knows how difficult it can be. And yet, time after time, when Quiet Wyatt tried to book producer Christine to fulfill her own proactive promise to come on this show during the home stretch. She hinted multiple times. We just finally were going to settle for once. Every single time we got a flat rejection. Oh no, she's too busy. Oh no, she's out on the boat again. Oh no, she's just about to go to this other thing. I think she was wedged between two walls naked. I think that was the problem. She was unavailable because she was stuck. She didn't want to ask Wyatt for help. Then she was in the hospital being evaluated. You heard it in the segment. It's a news item. But I, I do find it interesting because she's like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And then time, nope, nope. Oh, sorry, nope. She became the difficult, ungettable guest pushing us off. Let's try tomorrow. How about next week? She's now 
telling us that she's going to show up and call in on Monday, on her 40th birthday, from the spa. I do enjoy the image of her with cucumbers over each eye, lying there, getting all like, you know, pedicure and all these treatments while she's like on speakerphone with us. That would be amusing. But I'm not going to even promote or tease that producer Christine will join us on the home stretch on Monday. Because I'll believe it when I see it, or I guess it's radio. I'll believe it when I hear it. <laughs> because she was just like, oh, hey, yeah, whenever you want me, just let me know. It's like, should be the easiest booking ever, especially because she calls us her best friends. Well, guess what? When the rubber met the road, she just ghosted us. Christine the ghost is what we might start calling her. Ghost Christine. Cookie the unfriendly ghost. So, look, I hope she's having a good vacation. I want to underline and reiterate, it was not my idea to try to get her on. In fact, generally my attitude towards people vacation is let them take their vacation. Don't bother them. Let them enjoy themselves and get rejuvenated and not have to think about work. That's the whole point, is to de-stress. And Cookie needs some de-stressing. Let's be clear. But she was, she was like volunteered for this. Like, hey, pick me. Mm-mm. I think it was a troll. I think she was doing this on purpose, just like almost like a little flex. Like, oh, yeah, she wants to feel wanted, but then she gets off on being withholding. I'm psychoanalyzing producer Christine here which actually probably means that I'm the one who's going insane. See, I'm her therapist on air. She has another therapist. She said this. She has two, me and the other therapist, the trained professional. Maybe I am having producer Christine withdrawal. Like I need a little bit of that crazy in my life. It's been two full weeks. So here I am making up all sorts of theories about her. The point is her birthday is on Monday. She will be 40, the big 4-0. Maybe, in fairness to her, maybe all of her refusals this week to come on, it's not because she's ducking us. Maybe she just didn't remember offering because she's, you know, she's getting up there. 40 on Monday. She's going to kill me. She's going to absolutely kill me. She's going to come back to the show. It's actually, it's a good thing because I'm here in New York on Monday. She gets back Tuesday when I'll be back in D.C., it's maybe a good thing because she'll come blowing in from her vacation with a big cookie smile on her face and then the assault begins. So for my own safety, I'm getting out of town before she gets back after that joke. Well, happy birthday in advance to producer Christine. We will supposedly have her in this segment on Monday. We'll see. In the meantime, Bonus Benson tomorrow and Sunday on the free podcast, GuyBensonShow.com. And I'm back here behind this microphone in New York and filling in for Kennedy again on Monday evening. Have a great weekend. We will talk to you then. It's the Guy Benson Show. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to be part of the conversation with me, Brian Kilmeade. I'll talk about the biggest stories of the day and get your take along with some of the biggest newsmakers around. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the podcast at briankilmeadeshow.com. 
I'm Charles Payne. Listen to my Unstoppable Prosperity podcast so I can get you making money right now. Whether stocks are hitting new all-time highs or in free-fall mode, opportunities abound. So why are so many potential investors still sitting on the sidelines? In a new season of my podcast, I'm going to get you in the game. After 38 years on Wall Street, I'm ready to impart some lessons and get you invested in the greatest wealth-generating machine in history. Listen anytime, everywhere at foxbusinesspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.